Hey, it's Jay from Pacific Northwest Sports. Hope you enjoy the newest podcast. If you ever want a wall like mine, please check out Green Gridiron. They're an amazing company capable of making any of the helmets you see or any helmet you can imagine. Their link is below, and the QR code is right here. As always, you can check us out on any of our social medias. Enjoy! I'm here with Eric Sobakin. He is a coach over at Lake Stevens High School, and we're just going to kind of be going through where he started, uh, and uh, we'll start there. Uh, where I started coaching? Um, yeah, when started, you started coaching. Uh, 2009, uh, as you know, Lake, Lake City Junior Football um, helped out your brother, Vinny Huff, uh, with uh, coaching anything I could get my hands on. And then uh, that year, Defensive coordinator Rob Petzl, who's currently at Shorewood for a second stint, got hired there um, at Shorewood and called me to be his freshman receiver coach. Um, and then from there, uh, I was, let's see, uh, freshman defensive coordinator, I believe. And then I uh, went on to be the varsity special teams coordinator at Shorewood. And then at some point became the varsity offensive coordinator, and then, um, and then somewhere between was the freshman head coach, and then now Lake Stevens uh, started uh, as a receiver coach, and um, and moved to be the special teams coordinator, frosh coach, and then do just some travel travel things I got going obligations. Uh, I stayed to be the cross coach um, uh, and then um, helped out. Uh, that was my fourth year I just finished, something like that. Fourth year I've just finished, I believe. Oh, wow. All right. So obviously we're at Lake Stevens and you kind of came from Shorewood and Lake City Junior Football. So, you know, what was that story of getting into coaching? How did how did all that start? What made you want to coach and kind of gave you that love of football? Mm. Um, good question. I think of this sometimes. Um, and I think uh, I, I just like I just like helping people in general. Uh, and uh, football is a, a good uh, platform to help uh, people. Obviously, there's a lot of scheme involved with it, but um, at that point, um, you hit a plateau—not a plateau, because I think you're always learning, but. Uh, you figure out that you start to hear the same thing over and over and race clinics and things like that. It's just said different ways. And so um, I think at first start because I was competitive and still am, but I think that was the driving force of it. And then one year we went uh, and kind of had to sit back and evaluate why I was doing it. Um, And and come find out that uh, if your if your identity is tied up in winning and losing, then you're going to be in a sad state of affairs. Because I've been 0 and 10, and of course um, last year we we're fortunate to win the whole thing, and so both can feel very empty if, if you're attaching on to the wins and the losses. So, so long long story made short. I think the the kids and the the staff. The people in the building and the students in the building that aren't playing, I think that's kind of what my driving force is. My family, of course, first and foremost. Of course. So 
you talked about going, you know, zero and ten. What did that? And you and you had to evaluate if you want mm-hmm. to still coach and just kind of how that felt. So, what did that evaluation look about look like when you were thinking about it? Um, I would just say like it was just more in the beginning of kind of that off season. Um, wondering if what all the work. I say in quotations um, that I was doing was was worth it, and was I doing it right, and um, and all that. And so uh, I think first it was just with, um, am I doing it for the right reasons? And that box was not checked. I think I, I'm being fully fully firm. Um, and I think the mindset switch made it easy for me to sort of. Um, going uh in the profession because i think my invention probably deep down i started was because of was because of um helping people but my immature immaturity as i started when i was teen um at the forefront of my mind was winning and losing and i just don't think that that's a fair assessment of what the game really truly means um, as you know and so i think uh number one i just was assessing what i was doing and then number two um are was i doing it yeah was i doing it for the right reasons and number three could i get into a headspace and try how, how did i prioritize winning and losing with my family and also um can i also help kids and and know that every year isn't going to be a successful year and i just I came to the conclusion that um, that was possible, and then from there on, we were we won one game, I believe, the year after, and then we won three, and we won five, and made the playoffs for the first time in I think twenty years in this at, at Shorewood, and, and so um, that that was the best accomplishment at that school. I think the accomplishment was just seeing the kids um, being successful and. Um, that that is that is probably what my identity is tied up in is watching people um, do the thing that they love to do on a cool platform. And do it. That's awesome. So you said that you know when I was little uh, and I went to your and Vince's reunion uh, end of the year banquet for football. I remember yep. very specifically Mr. Monica saying that. You know, we don't know if this season's a success right now, and we're not going to know for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years when I see what type sure. of husbands these players become. Do you kind of hold sure. that same motto or coming off the state championship where you're like, oh, heck no, this is a, this is the best year ever? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I do hold that motto um, because um, I guess to take you through the state championship um, portion of my life last year, uh, uh, you know, I get a ring. I have to pay for the ring, but I get a ring, um, and that's cool. But the ring signifies not the win of the game, which was fun too uh, against great, uh, great competition like Kennedy Catholic. But um, uh, I guess like it was, we won the game. We were celebrating. I had to take off to El um and so I was happy on a high i was just it was tough because i couldn't be with them for my other job um and so um but but that i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is that 
Um, balancing those two, I think, is important because um, I was happy for everybody uh, that was involved. I was happy for the players, the the coaches, all the like, Stevens Vikings for hundred years. Literally, they hadn't won a state title, so so that's fun for everybody. But um, just seeing kind of the the fruit of your labor kind of like unfold right in front of your eyes um and with a little bit of uh we got our butts kicked by uh weston and lost to garfield um and so just sort of like the trials and tribulations of the season sort of like make you appreciate those things more but to get to the second part of what you said was you know like you know after a couple of days it was sort of just like you know now what you know i think it's it's kind of um surreal in a lot of ways you kind of walk around and people praise you there's t-shirts all over the all over the school now and there's stickers around town and we had a parade and you know but all that stuff's not special unless you do it with people you love to do it with that's the, the fun part about winning that state title but to to your point um and coach monica's point um no it's a successful year until 5 10 15 20 maybe 30 years down the line um i think uh and we see yeah what what type of husbands and fathers and and brothers and sisters now a lot of uh a lot more girls just right um, and so we, we, we won't know about all that stuff until we um sort of see that um unfold and 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 that's hard uh, too. That's a part of teaching. That's part of education. That's hard, but uh, we can't hold on to the uh, immediate gratification. Just like we can't, we tell kids we can't hold on to the immediate gratification stuff. We have to practice that ourselves, which which is tough. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. So that's, I mean, that's good to know that the mindset goes. So you just said, you know, you win, and a couple of days later, you're like, <clears throat> well, now what? Well, what's that mm -hmm. like? What are those coaches' meetings like? What? What's Lake Stevens looking forward to? How do you keep that same fire of like I gotta come back and keep going? Yeah, I think you're you're kid centric, right? So like you think about you think about um, that was last year's team, and those movies are last year's team, and and we will probably celebrate it at one point in five years, and maybe ten years, and probably every year somehow. But um, but you have to put yourself in the mind frame of like there are new kids incoming to this new team and um and these 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 kids deserve the best experience that us as coaches can possibly give them and uh, that's where my head went after sort of sitting and reflecting and saying well now what what do we what do we do now well we took we took uh, some time off and we um start prepping for giving these this batch of kids um, the best experience they can uh, they can have and so um, that again that's I think that's it goes back to that that sort of of like is this my identity or not um, the game is not my identity I think um, other things are my identity but the the game is what I what I like to do as a hobby and um, but terms of scheme and all that, but I take super serious of the development of the kids and giving them everything I got, my energy and, and all that. Um, and, and I think what it's done is, is it keeps me grounded uh, coming home 
uh, playing with my kid, uh, interacting with my wife and my family. Um, I think there's times where it gets to me a little bit, but I think when I reflect about those times, um, those times are, are, are when I'm getting, letting the game get the best of me and when, when I can just, I've proven that I can push it aside like that 0-10 year and be kid-centric and, and know that every decision I'm making is based off of kids. So That's amazing. So you said separating uh, football from family a little bit kind of sounds like. So what's the situation in which, and we don't have to get too personal if you don't want to, but what's the situation in which you've noticed like, crap, this is getting a little too close, and how are you able to separate that away? That's a good question. Um, um, uh, when my wife is honest with me and telling me that it's um, getting a little bit too close, um, I don't think I'm perfect. I think I'm better than I was before. I certainly don't think I'm perfect. And so uh, the honesty helps me. I don't do well with people on the bush or I need pretty direct sentiments and if i don't appreciate it i'll and that's probably it's nine times out of ten i know it's right i'll probably stew over it for a little while and then i'll then i'll be fine and so um but yeah i think i can catch myself thinking about different schemes and different different ways to run a post route or different ways to pressure the qb or different ways to organize the equipment room or different ways to be better organized on my call sheet and then so on and so forth. I think the thing that gets me um, lately that has gotten me um, maybe uh, taking the job home, so to speak, a little bit more than than usual is is, uh, just uh, parents and things. I I love all the parents community uh, tongue, uh, but I, but I, I am a people pleaser and, and, um, and when I feel like I've disappointed somebody, it bugs me. And so um, finding a way to put that aside and, and again, going back to are the decisions that I'm making kid-centric, keeping in mind my job is to prepare them to the kids, that is, to prepare the kids and to look out for the program and to make sure these kids have a competitive spirit about them. Um, that uh, allows them to go out and compete at a high level, but also, um, uh, also, uh, I guess, like, uh, yeah, it's all about relationships. It's all about, um, um, you know, other people and things. You know, the, the results. Uh, it is a results-based situation here, and so um, I, I'd be doing Tom Try and Eric Dinwiddie and the Barley staff a disservice if I wasn't um, breeding them to be um, highly competitive individuals, but you also can be competitive and be a good person at the same time. So I guess go backtracking a little bit when I get the most, I mean, I guess like when I take it home the most, I feel like I've disappointed a parent or something like that. And I have to do a better job of, of um, putting that aside and just being myself and things like that. So. That's good. That's good detail. So going about, you know, now you're on to next year and you're looking at stuff. What have you guys gone in and had your first team meetings yet or decided kind of this is how we're going to go into the year? What's what's that look like? Yeah. Um, yeah, we just finished uh, spring practice. Um, we had weight room from – we had the weight room uh, from uh, January to uh, February. 
January, February, uh, with some coaches clinics mixed into there. And then, um, we've hit, we hit June freshman and varsity JV athletes, um, practice for about eight days. We went over to Eastern Washington camp and, um, and, and we're at a point where we, we feel like we have some good evaluation that has happened with the kids and where we sit morale wise, where we sit culture wise, who, who's friends with who and, um, what sort of games will be our identity? Of course, it's going to be a little bit different with Jade Lamar gone, um, and and so. Uh, but we have the quarterback back, of Jade's brothers back, a bunch of receivers are back, um, some old linemen are back, and so we have our reloading, so to speak. Um, but we we need to, you know, we have it's all open for sure. But there is some very new competition um, at some of those spots up front, and so. Um, it's fun to see it fold out so the kids compete. And, and uh, but yeah, so right now we're just sort of in an evaluation phase of the season is, is the um, off season uh, weightlifting. We'll have a, a passing tournament at Lakewood and then uh, we'll take time off and then I'll start up uh, second or third week of August. So. Yeah. Are you going to be at that uh, passing tournament over in Lakewood? Yeah. Be there. Yep. Yep. Let me know what it is. Maybe I'll be able to come down, watch a couple, watch for a little bit. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the end of July right now. But they, they uh, Lake just got a new coach, so I don't know if he moved it or, or not. But we usually compete in that tournament. We want it sure. So, um, it's it's good time for sure. Well, if if you're cool with it, we're looking at getting high school athletes on the podcast as well. So if they want to sit down for five ten minutes there. They're free to talk about it if you're comfortable with it. Sure. If not, you don't gotta do sure, it. Sure, sure. Ultimately, it's up to them. And, um, so, yeah, whatever, uh, it's really up to try and up to them and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm above me. So. That's good. So, you got you got passing tournaments coming up. And, like you said, you have some people leaving. So, what, what do you do yeah. as a coach now? You're looking at your running back who, I mean, he's going to Notre Dame, right? Uh, he's actually good. he's in Oregon now. He oh. early enrolled at Oregon. He flipped to Oregon at uh, prob I think in February of last year, right before signing day. So yeah, he's at Oregon now. So so he's flipped. He's gone to Oregon. How are you planning on replacing that production? Because I mean, I, I watched you guys a little bit. He seemed to be making a lot of plays. So how do you plan yeah. on that? Yeah. Like hey, we got a stud here, or is this we got ten yeah, guys? His, his, yeah, you know, I don't. I, that's a good question. I think about that a lot. His little brother's just, you know, he's a terrific player himself. Jay Sean Lamar is a terrific player. He'll, uh, we've got Taha Ra, we've got um, Esteban Sedano. So we've got a ton of kids that um, are are able and willing to step in and um, fill, fill uh, shoes that are unfillable. Um, and so uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily one. I think it's just going to have to be a trio. The quarterback is older, um, one year older. Uh, he will be a junior. Uh, and the, the time of production at receiver coming back, um, a lot, we've one of our kids is on the four by one hundred um, relay. I believe that one state or quarter on the four by one team. We've got definitely have some talent for sure. Um, but it's just we just have to be able to make sure that we're treating it as a new year and and, and um that these kids are are um 
getting our full fourth attention and and keep while keeping in mind that this is a new year and, and, and there are new dynamics and the kids are one year older there are new kids coming in and, uh, but yeah to go back to your initial question i think it's um, a combination of the running backs the receivers the quarterback i i just i think it's unfair to um uh to to to, to expect that same production out of the next guy that gets the bulk of the carries and the catches out of the backfield. So that's good. So you talked about a little bit about just kind of mindsets of schools and how how that goes about where I was, where you went. Uh, sure. I, I never had it said point blank to me, but it was kind of that unknown thing where it's like, look, Blanchett, you're gonna win some games, you're gonna lose some games. Specifically, you're probably gonna lose to O'Day. You're probably gonna lose to Eastside Catholic. But as long sure. as you beat prep, the season can be looked at. It it's not a success, but hey, we beat prep, and that that's kind of what it matters at the end of the day. Is is that sure. the same aspect over at Lake Stevens, or do you guys are is the expectation like it's state or bust? Um, I'd be lying to you if I didn't feel like um, it isn't an extraordinary. Um, expectation to make and go far in the state tournament. Uh, totally would be lying to you if that was, if I told you that wasn't the case. But um, yeah, cliche situation of saying, you know, one game at a time and, and all that sort of jazz. Like, I, I truly believe that we, we as a staff and we as a program and Tom Dry as a head coach and Eric Dinwiddie as a defensive coordinator, I think they, and we do a good job of sticking to that cliche. It's a cliche because it's true. We prep every game like it, it is. Like that Kennedy game prep week was no different than any other prep week that we had in terms of how we worked. Uh, and I say we, it wasn't necessarily me because I'm one of the freshman coaches, but I do a lot of um, behind the scenes kind of analytical work for the defensive staff and some of the and the offensive staff building cut-ups and things like that um but 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 to your question um i think there is an extraordinary amount of ex, of expectation around here to to go deep in the state tournament for sure um i, I just i can't put my mind on a and i don't think that's a bad thing i i just can't even foresee us missing any sort of ter state tournament or losing losing a west coast championship like uh, at some point it's about it's it's going to happen but i just i think i think to your point and maybe this is where you're getting that um the mindset of the kids up here is is unique 100 unique they go through playing little league ball and they dream of playing at the high school level we just finished our peewee camp and our players coach the kids in peewee camp and they get a they play a flag football tournament at the end of the camp and they document they, they diagram plays and they get really into it and so there's a culture that's bred in these kids by the time they were eight years old uh going up into high school and our games are crazy there's fireworks there's purple smoke there's little kids running around everywhere i mean it's 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 crazy uh but but sort of your, to your question um yeah i think there is an extraordinary amount of expectation but but that's fun for everybody else on the outside like that's just not and truly i truly believe this i think 
do a good job of of minimizing a lot of that stuff on the inside and making sure our kids are are grounded um, and know that we have a target on our backs, especially this year. Um, never having won a state tournament in history, which is which is crazy to me. Um, and and so yeah, it's it, 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 it with with winning comes a lot of expectation, but. You know, the Blanchett thing, the Shorewood thing, and and all that. I, I I don't think it was any different there. As much as it's like, how much can we make the circle as small as we can possibly make it, and and, and have fun with the outside stuff. But also, like our prep has to be so good that we we can't go into the game playing Shorecrest or playing Monroe or playing. We go into the game trying to execute at the highest level that we can possibly execute. And thank you for coming to the game prep Monroe and Shortcrest, but you're only there for us to um, to for us to execute our stuff. And thank you for the challenge of trying to execute it at a higher level. It's a very much that um, invisible opponent thing. I think it I don't think that invisible opponent thing is necessarily a thing. I think that if the opponent is there to get us better at our craft, we're not to play the opponent. And so I think that's a really important mindset to have when you're um, going into to play games. Whether I do a good job of dictating to the kids, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but that's that's how I feel. Um, of course, that can get the best of you sometimes. But, but back to your original point, I that's precisely kind of what we try to do um, up here for sure. So you, I mean, you just kind of hit on it, but it sounds like, you know, when I played with coach mall, uh, I'm sure you know him, but he always talks at practice and always talked about opponent X. Uh, and he said, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. This is opponent X. But then contrary to that, my senior year, uh, I had Kyle Moore and, you know, he didn't, I would say he didn't necessarily say opponent X. It was that, no, we're not playing opponent X. We're playing, we're playing, you know, Kennedy, we're playing O'Day. You want to know who your competition is. So, you know, it kind of sounds like you on the opponent X side, but how do you tell your kids like, Hey, this game's a little bit bigger, you know, we're playing it's playoffs. So obviously I need you to give hundred percent on every snap, but if you can give me that extra 10 here, that really helps. How do you convey that without getting them too high? Sure. Sure. I, I, I don't, um, I, I, um, I've, I think about this question a lot and a, a light bulb went off for me uh, a couple years ago when, uh, was at my other jobs kind of standing around some people that have studied this stuff. Um, I named Michael Gervais was kind of very close by. He's got a podcast, great dude. And, um, I asked him that question and, uh, his answer was the faceless opponent is certainly a thing, but but you have to take the mindset of they're there to get you better. So it's your focus yourself, but they have these certain skill levels. He didn't say this, but that's how I interpreted it. They have these certain skill levels across all 11 players on the field, and it's your job to find those matchups to to execute at a higher level than the person across from you. And, and to your point, um, I think you kind of, you kind of, you kind of dipped your toe into the where it becomes um, uh, 
scary isn't the right word, but it becomes, um, I don't know, maybe scary is the right word where you're saying, okay, against Rep and Blanchett and Jackson and Glacier, you should be giving your fullest effort in every single one of those games. But I think the trick is Jackson's the same as Glacier Peak. Glacier Peak's the same as Jackson. Blanchett's the same as Prep. Prep's the same as it's got, it's got to be that significance of the game cannot take over your mind. I think what can, what has to occupy your mind is you study the person across from you, that a person across from you does X, Y, and Z really well, and they do um, X, Y, and, and then um, they do other, three other skills not so well. Of course, I think inevitably you're going to have to test those three skills that they well, but those three skills that they don't do well, you're going to have to take advantage of that because that's also, if you want to take a step back, that's also life in general. I mean, that's competing in general is you're not competing a person from across, across from you. You're That person's making you better so that you can be a better person um, in general. And football is just sort of a microcosm of that. I'm a receiver going up against and I'm I'm myself, and I'm going up against Richard Sherman. Of course, I've got a tall task in front of me, but that mean you try. It's almost like you know, if, if I if I make a big deal of that's Richard Sherman, okay, then it's obvious we're talking from the outside perspective. If I make it a big deal that that's a a player that is great at covering the go ball and covering in man coverage and great at covering the zone. Maybe we got to figure out a way to attack his weakness, which is um, uh, double moves, you know. But also, at some point, we might have to go after him and, and just a straight go ball and see if we can tip him. And maybe I am underestimating him a little bit. So, again, it's kind of a roundabout way of saying, like, I think it's dangerous territory to go down low and against prep go 110% against Jackson and go go 100 and then flip to Kennedy and go 120. I mean I guess I I guess I'm also saying I've seen it. I've seen both mindsets and the opposite does not work. I think we do a good job of shrinking our bubble here and it is about us and we talk about it's about us and I think when we find ourselves slipping which we did against Garfield and Westland last year um, it wasn't about us. It was about them. It was about their fantastic quarterback. It was about um, how big Westland was and how fast they were. And it, it wasn't about us. Maybe they beat us, but it's not about them beating us. It's about us executing at the highest level we know that we can and that is possible. And so if you grab yourself the process of the game and not the result of the game too, I think that's also important. So. That's awesome. So let's talk about Garfield for a quick second. Sure. I think going into the year, the view on Lake Stevens is always, like you mentioned, a deep playoff run. And wherever that ends, that ends, right? Ideally, you sure. always want it to be a state title. You sure. guys go out and you play Garfield, who historically has been a good team, but Joey Thomas is gone. He's not the head coach over there. They still have good coaches, but they're not the same Garfield of five, six years ago where they had Savelle Smalls, the number one recruit in the nation over there. You drop that game, yeah. what does that feel like, right? It's got to be a punch in the gut, and how do you rebound off that 
as coaches talking and then about, communicate it to the players. You're, ta- you're talking about last year. Yeah. Terrific players still. Um, Reggie Witherspoon's the coach and they've got a good staff and they've got a quarterback that's going to Cal California and uh, they've got a they've got um, they've got some guys on their team that can really play some ball. But but to to sort of answer your question, I think we had 14, 15 penalties. Um, I think we turned the ball over a couple times with people that don't typically turn the ball over. Um, and so um, well, all the things that we fix on our own. And so you take back, you know, if you think about penalties, they're five and ten yards. You say every single penalty has five, ten yards. I mean, they scored a touchdown off of penalties, and we lost by two or three, I believe. And so they're, they're six points right there. And so I, I, I don't think that – I think the positive about that was we traveled down to that game. Our boxcar or our cube van that carries our gear broke down. Um, going down to Seattle, there we had to have a bunch of parents pick up gear and 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 drive it down to Memorial Stadium, which, as you know, from Lake Stevens is quite a trek. And so I don't remember that broke down. I believe it broke down in like South Everett um, on I five. Um, and so we had a bunch of our great parents uh, pick up the gear and the downers. We had that against us. We not half those kids had never even see skyscraper before like no, no none of those kids like they don't cross the trestle they don't go over highway two to get onto i5 like it was just a new experience it was a new environment new stadium lots of things that went wrong um and so uh, but again not to make excuses like going back to the stuff we've talked about before if you ground yourself in the process of winning games like um and it relates to life, as you know man like you're gonna go through things in, in life that that suck and you you can't if you screw up that many times and keep making the same mistake like somebody's gonna get you bound and at some point somebody's gonna get you and they got us and uh, play our best ball combined with their great team and so um to answer your question like i got on the bus um that was parked end zone you know that has all the concrete and i walked on the bus i sat down on the front and i said that might have been the best thing that's ever happened to these kids because now they they were they were punched in the mouth they hung with them even though they were punched in the mouth. and we don't lose very often and i don't say that arrogantly we just don't lose very often and, and i don't want to lose hate losing but um, but, but it sometimes is, is good for you to lose. It's good for you to lose in life. It's good for you to make a, make a mistake. That's hopefully not detrimental to other people, but I'd rather have them make those mistakes and game two or three than make them week 12, 13, 14, whatever the state championship was. And, 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 and um, and have that impact, you know, their experience in the playoffs. And so I, I was personally thankful for it. Uh, I don't know that everybody else thought that in the second, but I, I don't know, maybe they did. I just, I found myself saying pretty quickly um, that might've been. And so we, I, I can't remember if West Lynn was the what next week or the week after, but we got, they dropped 40 on us and it was, it was down in Portland and, 
they were just running all over the field. We couldn't complete a pass. We weren't tackling people. Um, they still might have beat us even if we played our best game. Uh, but but again, as we talked about, that shouldn't even matter. I mean, if the highest level that you can possibly execute then all the other stuff has to fall into place and if they beat you they beat you just how that's how it's too and so but back to your original question bouncing back from garfield like i think that i think um we sort of tweaked a couple things and we were doing and, and um I, you know maybe how we were talking and how we watch film and um, film doesn't lie and so it was a good opportunity to make correction just get back on the boat and keep going so I think oftentimes in football, and maybe it was different with Monica, but for me, uh, you lose a game and you're in film session and your your coach is looking at you and he's like, he's looking at me, he's like, Jay, what the hell were you thinking here? Like what what went through your mind? And you're you're trying to justify <laughs> saying sure. oh, you know, sure. he was a he was in a two eyes, so I thought I could reach it, but you can't. All this is to say you're breaking down film with the kids on Monday or Tuesday and you're trying to teach them something. Sure. How are you making sure that when you're breaking down film the night of the game or the next day, how do you know you're bringing the right points to the team and telling them this is where the fault was and I sure. can't see what you saw. So how, how do you know you're teaching them the right way? Um, I, I gotta, I gotta go down to, pass i think with that question it's a good question um uh number one i'm the freshman coach so practice mondays and so i help varsity game days and then so the garfield situation aside i'm not i'm not not typically in the monday film sessions because they do that mondays and, and we practice and all that yada yeah all that stuff but um i have been in before with him uh, Coach Try, and he does a good job of, of, well, let me step back. He's had a system in place uh, at Lake Stevens. Uh, he probably, correct me, I believe 2007, he put in the spread offense uh, that he that he, he um, overhauled his, his other stuff, uh, and sort of mashed up a lot of cool screens and, and formations and, and systems of how we do things. Um, and so I think what stood out to me since I've been here at Lake Stevens is the amount of uh, confidence that he has in his offense of system, and likewise with Eric Dinwiddie, the defensive system, that um, this is where you line up, this is the yardage depth you're running at, and that's all there is to it. Um, and so uh, the, the, the background knowledge and the um, – confidence in the system on both sides of the ball um, helps the kids know that this might not be the right or the wrong way to do it in your eyes, but this is how we're doing it here, not in an arrogant way, but like this works. We've won 50 straight games you know, or plus, I'm going to be corrected. I'm sure on that too, 56. I don't even know what it is um and uh and and weekly they can expect um him coach try to know every single position from left to right front to back back to front um and and the confidence in the scheme and the ability to understand how plays fit together um is i think just just at another level with him and and for me 
when I was an offensive coordinator, as the freshman coach, we watched film the day after as well. Um, I think number one, the, the the knowledge of the system that I have for him is very, I think, has gotten a lot better, and so it's very easy for me to speak to every position on offense across the board and on defense across the board, where the defensive line should be striking or. Um, if you should be reaching a two eye, oh, you should be reaching a, a or this or that, or to comboing this, that, or that. Um, I think just the depth of knowledge of the system, watching it before the kids see it, um, I think is really um, important. And and also, and you can't you can't separately every single tiny little thing. That's why you have assistant coaches, and so um, everybody watches it, and then you kind of talk about it, and then you go in film session um and and we do it in our wrestling room at cavalero and um and i have a clicker and i ask them questions and me questions and it's very collaborative and, and, and but we're also straight shooting and we point out what's great but we also have to remember that building skill um is, is important and when we see something positive on the screen that we make a big deal of it and so um and yeah, all that stuff I think is relative, but to your, I think your initial question was about like, um, how, wh- how are you pretty much watching film and, and the, what are the points that you're taking in the film? Like, I think the depth of knowledge of the system, watching before and reinforce, positively reinforcing with or candy bars or, or Gatorade or what have you, um, posit- uh, uh, good skill that's happening or a good scheme that's happening or a good tackling that's happening um, on the screen and, and correcting the mistakes that um, you know isn't um, in terms of maybe uh, tackling. We weren't shuffling into our tackle, so we got ran over or we got duped or we wouldn't track the near hit or we didn't run our fee or, or um, and so knowing knowing the systems of teaching and where we're aligning like if we get beat on a bubble screen and the apex player or the nickel isn't playing outside number two is because he's supposed to, and we knew that was the call, like they were going to call about all these things, the depth of knowledge of the system I think, plays a huge important role. Um, and so much of uh, your confidence in talking to your kids. I think if you don't have a good system in place, which we do here and coach try does um, it's hard to speak confidently to your kids. And I think that goes a long way for them. That's good. That's good stuff. So I want to just uh, thank you for your time and kind of speaking to everything. And we'll start to wind down the podcast here. But what do you, as a career path, right? You got a kid, got a wife, got a house and everything. Sure. Let's say they could go wherever you go and the world's a perfect place. What do you want to see your career? What, What would be your goal? personally in the next 10 to 15 years where do you see yourself what do you see yourself doing um first and foremost i would say that i'm grounded where i am and i can confidently say that i have so many fish to fry right now where i am that i can't even conceptualize going anywhere in the world to your question right now but but i would say jobbery that i think um since I've had a kid, uh, all all that I want to do is make him proud, make my family proud, make myself proud, make my friends proud, and and 
the only, the only and and I'll get to the the, the probably the media what you're hoping I I answer here. Um, that is truly at the forefront of my mind. But having said that, um, I've wanted to be a head coach ever since I could walk and talk. Uh, I, I just I think you probably know that. Um, but I but I'm not I'm not my primary responsibility is to is to provide for my family and i take that job super seriously um and i have a really great job where i am um in in the building at lake stevens um and that's super important i got there in the first place because i was going to student teach there and the lady before me left and so they hired me so i didn't even have to student teach necessarily and then COVID happened and so lots of things that happened at the school that I'm I, I I'm forever indebted, so to speak, with them. And so, um, I guess t- to answer your question, of course, I want to be head coach. I um, I think about it sometimes, but I also know that like good opportunities happen. You know, they usually just fall right on your lap when you're least expecting. And so, I'm not all that certain that at the I, mean, I am certain about this at the forefront of my mind is to take care of the Lake Stevens. Vikings and the Cavalier Colts right now. That's that's in my football job. That's my primary responsibility. Um, and so, um, from from a personal career standpoint, yes, I do want to be a of someday. Uh, but it has to be at the right place. It has to be the right day job. Um, it has to be with the right administration. It has to be. Um, there, there's a long list of of things. Not a long list. I would say five five or so things that from a 30,000 you have to be right having experienced what I've experienced thus far. And so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, my number one job overall is to provide for my family. And so my number one goal is just to make them proud and to make them um, feel secure and, and, and happy. But for, for, from a personal standpoint, of course, I want to be a head coach. Um, I need to have the right staff. I need to have the right people around me. I, uh, it, I need to have the right administration and job. And so all those things have to fall in place. And I and I can tell you this, I'm not going to jump at an opportunity just to jump not right now. I've been coaching for 15 years. I'm feeling good now where I am. I'm feeling great where I am. We're having success. Even if we weren't, you know, on the field having success, I, I, I feel fulfilled from a staff standpoint, a student standpoint, an administrative standpoint. So I'm not I'm not looking to jump at all anytime soon. But if something fell on my lap, of course I would I'd be crazy not to listen. And so, um, so yeah, to your point, I, I th- yeah, I want to be a head coach. But there's a lot of things that, um, e- even more so since I've gotten married and since Jackson's been born, like I, I just don't I don't I don't have a priority um, jump ship, so to speak, right now. And so, um, yeah, there's that. That's insightful, man. That's uh, that's exciting. So you definitely want to be a head coach uh, eventually, yeah. but yeah. you're not going to push too hard for it. You're going to see kind of how the chips fall, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, and I think that I've seen people jump at it too quick. Um, I, uh, every piece of information I've gotten and every piece of advice I've gotten um, points to that fact too, to not jump at it before you're ready. 
Um, there's been there's been some ops that have come up that have been um, inquiries that haven't been super serious. Uh, yeah. uh, that I've given some thought to over the last 15 years, but I don't, again, it's about the people who are around too. I, I, I would need, you know, you think about demographically where I am, your brother's in Eastern Washington, he'd be the first person I'd call, but I need to sit five, six, probably three to five to six people that I can bring with me that I can trust that'll tell me the truth that know the things that I, that I want to teach and really be the best people that I can possibly bring on for the, the, the players to, to look up to and, and to um, and to have good role models for, for them. And that's all important to me too. And so if there was something demographically close, which is this where I like, you know, I guess, I guess I'm saying that because I, my circle is Snohomish and King County. So I, if I got like an Eastern Washington job, you know, place in Eastern Washington or, what have you? I mean, coaches are hard to come by, and so I would would need I would need people close by that I would uh, you know that I could trust. And so um, I guess like to your part of anywhere in the world, of course I, I you know if I went to Eastern Washington, first person I call is your brother, uh, and then and, and I don't know what I would do for that. Um, I just don't have a. I, I know what I would do here. I don't really want to get into that so much, but. I, I don't know. I, I, my radius is so, so far and I do feel like I have contacts, but it, it would be easiest if it was Snohomish King County or, or Pierce County or something close. Um, and so, but I am up in Snohomish County, so the no brainer would be somewhere around here, but you know, again, don't want to push it too. Much, so. No, I totally get that. And I think, you know, at, at all levels, players want to see coaches that are happy where they are. So it's easy when you're like, Hey, I'm going home for this place. I, I have nowhere I'd rather be. Sure. Sure. And that's easy. That can be lips for other people too. Um, and, uh, and I might add too, if, if an op did come open at some point, it would be extremely, extremely, extremely difficult to leave where I am. Not even from a um, coaching staff standpoint, which is part of it, but, people that I work with are great. The kids are great. The administration I'm, I'm happy with. Um, and so I, I'm not, um, in a place where I, uh, feel the need to, to, to go somewhere. Like I, I, I'm, I'm good where I am and I, and I feel fulfilled where I am and I'm still, I still feel challenged somewhat where I am. And so, um, uh, so yeah, so yeah, to your point, like I, I think you can probably see it um, if you come out and watch on the field or or in the hallways or or film or or what have you. I do care about what I'm doing um, right now, and and I, and when I don't feel like that, I think it's time to to probably move on. But I haven't even felt an ounce of that. So I know every time you say 15 years coaching, I shake my head a little bit. I think I forget how much older you and Vince are than me. So I'm yeah. like, oh, holy crap, yeah. like 50 years ago. man. Yeah, I mean, like, right? We're, I was 18 when I started in 2023. I mean, I think it's 14 or 15 years now. Since the guys I've been with, I get the years of experience. They talk about it, and then I hear, like, 20, and, wow, that's not that far away. 
and that seems like a an eternity from when I started. I was like, am I going to make this long? I can't even believe I've made it 10 years. I can't even believe I made it 10 years. And it sure has been fun, man. But I'll tell you what. I think to do it right, you got to have the energy. You got to take care of yourself. You got to got to watch out for yourself, your mental health, physical health, your emotional stability, your, all that stuff. Like is so important to your success that um, if you finish getting burnt out, um, I don't think it's a bad thing to take a break, or I don't think it's a bad thing to step back and 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 do that. And so, um, my master's next fall, and so. Um, opening up just you know opening up more doors and there is life after football i would get some point for me too like but i'm not ready for that to be the case yet so so uh let's let's talk about eason's the the eason's up there in lake stevens obviously jacob was a super good quarterback over there and from what i've heard they're still pretty involved in that program and a lot of players come back and are still involved in terms of appreciation and all that how do you keep the heads on the players and you're like look he's another dude like it's he's not some god oh i mean i think they could look at him like that but how do you make sure, sure. they're keeping that level head well jacob's come back once or twice i don't know jacob super personally um i've only just because of my seahawks stuff and uh connection and, and all that I met him through that our class to practice one day and we talked a long time and, and, um, he was super proud that we were there and, and he left for sure in the town. Um, but, but I think what actually keeps kids grounded, so to speak, because what was your question is that he played there, he played there growing up. He is just a normal dude. He doesn't, off-put any sort of like egotistical vibes or or anything he's um he he's the first one to mentor a young kid i would imagine that comes across his face and so um but yeah he's come to practice he's just a dude his dad's just a normal dude from what i hear um and so but again i i don't know him very well um and so i can't really speak to that but we have former players come back all the time and, and I, I i get the I get the sense i think about because i'm not a bred through lake stevens guy like more and more every year but um but they're all these kids are so intertwined growing up playing in the lake stevens junior ball like when you're a four eight eight year old in lake stevens junior football and you're a 13 or a 14 year old or wherever it cuts off like i feel like they all know each other i feel like they all go to peewee camp and i think they all live around the lake or, or on the outskirts of the lake and they go hang out and it's a small town. And so I think all that stuff kind of helps too. Um, staying grounded, so to speak, when a, a quote unquote superstar comes back and visits. Uh, we have two former players on staff. We had a former player on staff last year. I had a couple, another former player on staff a couple of years prior to that. Um, and so uh, they are looked at in a positive way, as they should be, because they've carried on a tradition that is um, seen as, as um, very respectable I, I, around the state. I know that to be true. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it is cool that all these kids are um, think about, thought about in, a, um, in, a, in such a high light. I, but I, I think, like, for example, I think maybe 
maybe could maybe what you're getting at is like the legacy of the quarterback around here. Like all those kids, like from this one back until Jake Eason to 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 Nick Baker and and all these guys, like they're all intertwined and they all know each other somehow. And and so that keeps them. Um, I feel like it keeps them very normal amongst each other. And 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 uh, and so, but 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 Jake Eason obviously brings a whole other level like excitement uh, when his name is brought up, and everybody's very proud of him. And Jim Harbaugh was up there recruiting him, and uh, 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 Mark Richt was up there recruiting, going to his basketball game. You know. There's all sorts of people who visited that school from the SEC that I guess, like, uh, I don't, you know, as, as much success as we've had, I think that's probably the most recruited kid that has come out of there. And so it's exciting and right. So he should have the praise, but, but again, all amongst the, their, their peers and themselves, I, um, they're certainly looked at uh, in a very normal fashion for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, it, it's so impressive to watch Lake Stevens from the outside in and, and just mm-hmm. kind of getting a glimpse into everything and how well you guys do keeping it in sure. that bubble. Now, for you and sure. I, I know both of us know exactly what we're talking about when we talk about that bubble, and I think a big part of that is also just knowing you. But if you had to define to people who are listening or maybe a coach who's trying to get an idea, what do you define the bubble as? Um, do you mean like, um, can you say again what you mean? Like, you're talking about like, how do I keep it? How do, how do we keep it a, a close culture? Or what, what do you mean? What do you, what is the bubble? Right. So, for me, the bubble is a good culture and making sure that, like, this oh, sure. guy who's, you know, a fourth string wide receiver, whoever may be, is still a really sure. close person I can text. What do you define the bubble as? Sure. Um, I think um, maybe when you you said that, uh, it makes me think of our um, our culture at Lake Stevens on our team, um, and I think that uh, as a coaching staff, we have to model um, that everybody is important uh, on the team, whether you're getting the majority of the snaps or not. Um, and um, I think the other bubble I think about is the school community. Um, I think that we're a big school, and I think that um, people in the school support us, and we have to present a good product on the field. Um, but we also have to do our part in the classroom and behavior-wise and attendance-wise, and then in the community. Um, there's people that the community and our practices um, and watch um, on a daily. Um, I can't imagine what they're watching. Uh, they're watching and they're having fun and uh, and they support and they help us with whatever we need. Uh, have great seats during the game, I would imagine. So um, I think to what you're what you're what you're getting at is like I think that just supporting. I think if you look at it from a support standpoint, like supporting everybody and understanding that everybody plays a role um, in the greater uh, scheme of the team, the community, and the school, uh, because if there's a if there's a crack in the armor, um, uh, that's a vulnerability. 
and um, and really we should be protecting the team first and foremost, and then really what kind of weaves into that is we should be protecting ourselves and doing everything that we possibly can. Every decision that we make impacts the team. I'm going to go to class or I'm not going to go to class. If I don't go to class, I'm going to miss an assignment. I'm going to be uh, down on a period for a day. I'm going to, it's going to look like I skipped. I'm not going to be eligible to go to practice. My coaches are going to find out these people in class are going to think negatively. That brings negative energy to the team. We have to know that all these decisions um, that we make are, are directly affect the outcome of our, um, our games and our lives. And so, um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think to, to your question, I just, I just think it's super important to like treat everybody with respect and, uh, and, and make sure everybody knows that uh, they play an important role. And I, and I feel like I do a good job of that, but I think I always could be better for sure. Amazing. All right. I'm just going to hit you with some quick questions uh, before we head sure. on out. So it's just sure. a quick little five. Uh, so you're at a gas sure. station. You're about to go on like an eight hour drive down to California or wherever the heck you're going to go. What's yeah. your go-to snack and drink? Uh, um, I, probably the first thing that I see when I walk into a gas station, I'll probably grab that in the very first drink that I, I'll grab that and get out of there. It's no time to waste. Um, but if I had to, I had to choose. I'm a, probably a pretzel guy, and I'm a, a gallon water guy. Okay. Probably what boring, type of water? What, what brand are you going? Uh, no, if it was flavored water, I used to love vitamin water, but those white vitamin waters, I can't find them anymore. So I have a big jug, a gallon jug of water. I, I'd probably uh, try to not spend the money in the gas station. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, number two, what's your favorite football player of all time? It can be high school, Little League. I mean, I'm sure it was me in Little League because, you know, I was great. Yeah, other than you in Little League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> other than you. College or the NFL. Who's your favorite? Favorite. Oh. Um uh, one uh, as a wide receiver coach by trade, I would tell you that what I've studied a lot and one that I loved, loved, loved to watch. Um, that was really in our era. Uh, a lot was Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson played the game um, uh, hard. He was a freak athlete, played on a team that struggled a ton, and it felt like he just brought it every single game. Um, and he was, as you remember, a freak. Um, and so I, I probably Calvin Johnson as a uh, if, uh, somebody that comes to mind quick that I really for sure. Uh, yeah. Number four. So we got your favorite sports team at sure. every single level. So this is talking high school, college, NFL, uh, or well, high school, college, and pro. It could be a soccer team that you're a big fan of. But I will say for your high school, you can't pick Lake Stevens. Hmm. Um. Uh, you know, I am a big Blanchett Bears fan still with, for those guys over there that are coaching, uh, John Willie and Tom, um, are great guys. Um, and they, and I know they run a great program and, um, 
and uh, so I, I would say the Blanchette Bears for sure. Um, uh, college, uh, college. Um, I've been going to Husky games since I was five years old, so that's that's a slam dunk, no brainer. Um, and then other than the we'll pick the Seahawks. Um, uh, I'm just you know a Mariner fan through and through, and it, and it, uh, I think about letting sports bug me, but it bugs me when the Mariners lose, and they lose a lot uh, these days. So um, it, it, it just alters my mood for a short time when the Mariners lose, for sure. I mean, that's got to alter your mood a lot then because they, they yeah. are not doing uh, too Yeah, they just won two out of three from the best team in baseball, so hopefully we can be in a good mood for a little longer. Hey, I'll take so. it. Julio starts, he's doing a little bit better. You get some a uh, little bit of better pitching. They just had that trade today. I can't remember exactly who, but. I did uh, see that with the Mets. To off, off Chris Lexon's $6 million contract, and I think he has some sort of some sort of stipulation in this contract. He can't be option at AAA, so there's no way. They just either trade him or cut him and eat the salary. So There we go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Number five, if you weren't a coach and you weren't a teacher, because yeah. we know you love teaching, yeah. what would yeah. you be doing? Uh, what, what am I qualified to do or if I could get any qualification? If you could get any qualification, what would you be doing? Thanks. Thanks for that. Al. Um, I would say. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say, I don't know what the qualification would be, but. Uh, if I could do it, I'd be able to maintain some sort of football blog or something and get paid to do it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm qualified to do anything else, and I can't think of what I would. I would do. I guess I have my master's in a, uh, a, to be a PCBA here soon, which is a board certified behavior analyst. So, like, if I'm going to be realistic, probably a PCBA. But if I didn't have to be realistic, some sort of like fantasy sports blog or something like that. To, Keep my well, like a sport. Matthew Berry type thing. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> that is the dream. Yeah. yeah. So, what you're looking forward to next year for Lake Stevens football? Well, what are you thinking? What's the goal? Obviously, you can't say win a championship, but. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're if you're uh, not thinking about that, um, you know, I think the goal is to win the state title every year. There, but you can't win the state title unless you win Wesco first, and you can't win Wesco unless you take care of your league and and all that. So um, that's one big pyramid, right? I mean, I think every coach has that some sort of pyramid drawn or something somewhere there on paper. Um, but I think the goal is, you know, is to win the state title. I don't think I don't want to sugarcoat it or anything. You know, we talked about earlier expectations are expectations and. I don't think it's a bad thing to have massive expectations on you. I just, I, I think it just presents a, a better challenge, so to speak, for you to take yourself into the, into the, into the season to push that stuff aside and, 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 um, and uh, make it so that, um, make it so it's all you. And so, but I, but I think, you know, if you're, it's a results-based 
you know, industry, right? And so, um, you know, I'd be kidding yourself. And I could give you the, the other stuff too, like making people better, you know, making players better people and helping coaches out and, and understanding more about power and counter and things like that. But uh, from a team results standpoint, the goal is to always win the state title. I got it. You know, headline is clearly Eric's walking guarantees back-to-back state titles for Lake Stevens this year. Uh, it's going to be really, really, really difficult, man. It's going to be – we've got West Lynn at home. We've got Garfield at home. We play at Bellevue. We're at East Lake. Uh, we've got a good, tough league still, Glacier Peak and, and, uh, and, and those teams. And so – Man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It always is tough, but it's going to be tough. And um, that's what I'm excited for. I mean, I don't want it to be easy. Like, if it was easy, I feel like everybody would do it. It would be just, like, not very fun. And so it's fun because it's tough. And, and I fully expect to have some trials and tribulations. And But that's okay. That's what makes it fun, for sure. Who's three players people should listen out for next year? On our team? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you one obvious one, Jay Sean Lamar. Another obvious one, uh, our quarterback. Um, and then I'll give you a not so obvious one. Um, um, actually, I'll I'll take off. Jay Sean, because I already mentioned him earlier, but you should watch for him. I'll say uh, Colton Matson, Mason Turner will play inside backer for us. Um, and then uh, he led the team in tackles, I believe, last year. He had 100 plus, I'm pretty sure. He's wearing number seven. And so that's a big deal for us to give him number seven. Um, and then the, a guy that I would say that um, uh, I, I don't want to put any expectation on, but I'm excited to watch. Is a uh, kid is a uh, leading the team, stepping in a role that um, was formerly maintained by Wyatt Hall, which is a, was a great coach, uh, former Colt offensive line coach himself. Uh, Wyatt Hall, and um, and so it's a position on our team that has massive expectation, but Luke is just a calm, collected, smart, works hard in the weight room um, kid that. I, I'm 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 trying to speak into existence, and he's going to help me. But um, I hope gets some of the spotlight this year because he's uh, works hard and he um, and he's filling big big a big role for us uh, this year. Um, Number seven. What's the what's yeah. why is that such a big deal? Um, I, every year the the defensive player that we feel deserves. Um, Number seven uh, gets number seven. Um, Junior Robinson had it the first I was there, and he had a million tackles, a ton of heart. Uh, Joe McGinnis held it last year, million tackles, ton of heart, worked hard. And so every year that 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 we play defense, we hand out the number uh, to somebody that we feel exemplifies what it is to be a Lake Stevens bike defensive player and uh Mason Turner is a is a lot of chunk out man. He's he hits anything that's walking 
uh, we kind of have to dial him back a little bit in practice. And so he's he's fun to watch for sure. And he's very smart. He'll play a little right tackle for us too. And so, um, and so yeah. He's, no, I, he's I, a middle uh, linebacker and he's playing right tackle? Yeah, terrific athlete, terrific uh, athlete. He's a great um, cross player. He's uh, he, he plays he, cross? Yeah, he, he he's mows people over in lacrosse. He's <laughs> he's awesome. And so, uh, so yeah, no, Mason's a great kid. Uh, earned number seven along with all the rest of them, but he'll be wearing number seven, I believe, this year. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, so those are the three. Awesome, man. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> let you go back to doing what you're doing. So I uh, appreciate your time. No problem, dude. We'll see you.